Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome, 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 man. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am Rob Zakari. This is the Rob Zakari Show. We are live. We are back from a... Um, well, we went to a concert yesterday. I know it doesn't sound very professional, but it was a surprise. What am I going to do? It was a surprise. It was a surprise concert. It was like a last-minute thing that my beautiful, sexy, and vivacious girlfriend, Kat Howe, who's very pregnant, um, got Jimmy Kimmel. Yes, Jimmy Kimmel had Metallica on his show yesterday. Metallica's in town for a special show at the Ford Theater tonight. And they stopped by Jimmy Kimmel's yesterday. So my girlfriend got tickets. Yes, she got tickets. So it was a surprise. So I couldn't plan a week or two or even a day before and tell everyone we were going to be off. She said, hey, surprise. And I'm not going to turn down free tickets to see Metallica perform. Now, if you caught it last night on Jimmy Kimmel, they performed a song from the new album, The Last Day Rise. And then they performed the first minute of For Whom the Bell Tolls. And then they went off the air. They continued to play. We actually tried to um, periscope it. And I was told that the audio or the picture was going in and out because the connection was crappy. But they played From the Bell Tolls. They played Creeping Death. They played uh, Master of Puppets. They played One. It's like a mini show. It was a tiny, tiny mini show. Very cool. Very cool. I haven't seen Metallica since 08, I think. About 08, the Death Magnetic Tour. So this is the first time in about eight years. It's very cool. And they sounded really good. So that's where I was yesterday. Those of you who were pissed off because you tuned in and you went, where the hell's the show? What's going on? Why is Rob not here? What an a-hole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But we're back. All right. What did we miss? What did we miss? That's the key question. A lot of things to get to. I want to talk about uh, this Julie Lofi. I'm probably saying her name wrong. Lofi, L-O-F-F-E. I want to talk, but she's over at political, well, she was at political. She got fired, but she's starting up at the Atlantic. So the firing was 
really moot because she was going to the Atlantic. Uh, what the first of the year, second? I don't know what I don't know what they said, but January. Let's say that. Let's talk about Slate and uh, Jamil Bowie. We're going to talk about them. I want to talk about NPR, Obama. I love listening to him get get all, uh, wow, this is what we're going to do this way. You're not going to do anything. You haven't done anything. So they, you know, the Russians, they're going to, we're going to have to, we're going to have to set them straight. Well, didn't you set them straight when you talked to Putin in September? And you said, hey, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to meddle in your life. Don't do it. Yeah, okay. And Putin looked at you and went, yeah, okay. Keep stepping, jerk off. I'll smack you. How's that? I'll smack you, and I'll rustle you to the ground like you're a effing bear. How's that? Now get out of my fit, Obama. He's got the, he's got the, what three and a half. We're gonna we're gonna do something. I'm gonna, yeah okay yeah we're gonna do nothing. So I want to talk about the NPR story. I want to talk about the NBC report. Man, the libs. They're just doing everything in their power to undermine Trump's presidency without saying this is what we're going to do. Instead of them just coming out and saying, well, remember he did the birther stuff? You know, he did the birther stuff and he was trying to undermine Obama. So we're just doing If they would just come out and say that, it was like, ah, okay, fine. All right, you, you got poked in the eye. Now you want to poke. But to legitimately try to put this narrative that somehow Russians are are altering machines and voting. It's just lunacy. So I want to talk about that. But first I want to get to, because we always start the show with fake news. We always start the show with fake news. And there's a lot of fake news. Okay. A lot of fake news. Now, I tuned in to all the programs today. I wanted to see if anybody was going to correct the record. Isn't that David Brock's, uh, well, correct the record. We're going to correct the record. Pants on fire. Donald Trump's statements are pants on fire. That's three Pinocchios. But nobody seemed to want to correct the record today. And I was on Rachel Maddow. Listen, today Rachel Maddow spent 45 minutes and and maybe a whole hour. But I only caught 45 minutes. Today was Rachel's day. Today was the day that I was going to devote time to Rachel. Not just the first five minutes. But I wanted to really, really absorb Rachel today. And all she did was talk about Russia. That was it. Talk about Yeltsin. From Yeltsin in power to resigning to Putin. The fact that Putin is the richest man in the entire world. How do we know that? Intelligence. <laughs> intelligence. Our, our intelligence community has told us all that. Oh, okay. Tell our intelligence. Our intelligence community. I, I, I don't have a lot of faith in our intelligence community, okay? It seems like the intelligence community 
is good depending on who the president is or who's in power. But it's another day, another story. So she spent 45 minutes talking about Russia and, and the money and, and Putin and Exxon Mobil and Rex Tillerson. And, oh, man. And I don't know who she's talking to. The only people that really watch her program are bleeding heart liberals, the liberals that cried when Hillary lost, like wept. That's who she's talking to. So to devote 45 minutes on Russia and Putin and Yeltsin and money and Rex Tillerson, I I don't know who she's trying to get to. But my real point of trying to hang in there was to see if she would correct the record. Don Lemon, would he correct the record? Would Anderson Cooper correct the record? Would Hack Tapper correct the record? And it seems like no one wants to correct the record. And what I'm talking about is the reports that the woman who claimed that when she was riding the subway in New York City, a bunch of Trump supporters ripped her hijib off her head, screamed at her, told her to go back to whatever country she's from, called her ISIS, And as she was being assaulted, no one on the train would help her. And she was crying out for help. But nobody would help her. Nobody would lend her a hand. Now, why this is important, why we're talking about this, it turned out to be fake news. I mean, we learned today that Facebook has a program now where they're going to go through articles that people uh, send each other or that appear on their newsfeed. And they're going to have a whole bunch of people that go through the articles and they will determine if it's fake news. And then they're going to label it fake news. And they have some liberal site. I think it's PolitiCheck or PolitiFact. I mean, the, the, the site that's going to check and determine if the story is fake news is a leftist propagandist site. Now, this story about this woman... And I think her name was uh, Yasmin. Hold on. I, I, got the, I, I got my notes here. Yasmin Seweed. S-E-W-E-I-D. Now, BuzzFeed reported on the matter of fact, BuzzFeed did a whole piece about this. This Tamron uh, Griffin, or 
Tamara Griffin, T-A-M-A-R-A, Griffin, G-R-I-F-E-N. Did a whole piece on this. Look what Donald Trump is causing. That's why this is important, because remember, the narrative that the BuzzFeeds and the uh, 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 CNNs and the MSNBCs, Joy, Joy Reid, the narrative is Donald Trump is causing hate crimes against Muslims to spike. The increase in hate crimes since Donald Trump burst on the scene to run for president has spiked. Now, this would be part of the spike, but this is a fake story. So the spike is fake. Again, if we're going to talk about fake news, if we're going to talk about Pizzagate, and we're going to talk about the craziness from the right to believe that there's a sex ring, a child sex ring at the bottom of a pizza parlor, and anybody who believes that's a nut job and a crackpot and a goofball, if we're going to talk about that and the effect of fake news, then you have to talk about Yasmin Seaweed and the fact that this Muslim girl creating this story, which in turn creates a narrative that BuzzFeed and MSNBC and ABC, the media in general, is able to then go, look what Donald Trump is doing. Do you want to live in America where a Muslim woman can't ride on a subway without having her headscarf ripped off her head? And the fact that no one would help her shows that Trump and the Trump phenomenon is influencing just people riding a subway who deep down inside have this black lash, Muslim lash, Islamophobia, and it and it's fake. This is fake. This is fake news. BuzzFeed created a story which turned out to be fake. And no one, no one was talking about it. I mean, this is a big deal, guys. I mean, legit, this is a big deal. For 16 months, a narrative was created. And it was created... To put fear anybody that thought about voting for Trump. Because if you voted for Trump, you are creating an environment and a culture that will rip Muslims' head scarves off. And this complete story is BS. It's fake news 
This is fake. This is fake. Tamara Griffin at BuzzFeed wrote a story about Yasmin Seawit. This story was picked up by a whole bunch of not just local news, but national news stations. The View. I mean, people referenced this article. People referenced this incident when they made their case that Trump was creating an environment elevated hate crimes. This is the very definition of fake news. This is the very definition of fake news. Creating a story and telling everybody that a Muslim girl was assaulted on a subway and no one would help her. While she she screamed for someone, anyone, please help me. And people just watched her. And that story created narratives. And you had panels discussing hate crimes and all of this animosity and all this hate and all this hate. And it's fake. And not one person in the media today is calling this story out calling the narrative out. They're pretending, oh, Jesus, let's just pretend just it will go away because it will ruin the narrative of hate crimes and anger and all of these white supremacists walking around looking for Muslims. Oh, where's the Muslims? Oh, we got to find these Muslims. Oh, there's a Muslim. Let's go beat him up. Oh, there's a little Muslim girl. Let's beat her up. Oh, I hate Muslim. That's the narrative. And if anybody reports that this Muslim girl made this story up, it blows their fake news. Fake news. The problem with fake news. The audacity of Hillary Clinton standing up saying, we've got to do more to combat fake news. and fa- Yeah, you're right. You're right. And you need to start at home. Remember, guys, BuzzFeed, BuzzFeed is controlled by the Democrats. Matter of fact, Chelsea Clinton sits on the board of BuzzFeed. If you go through the Who's Who directory, Chelsea Clinton is part of BuzzFeed. Chelsea Clinton is part of BuzzFeed. Again, you want to talk about fact-checking? Pants on fire, five Pinocchios. Pants on fire, five Pinocchios. What, no, nobody did a little fact-checking? Tamara Griffin didn't do a little fact-checking? She had to get that story out. She's had to. Oh, I got to get this. This is great. 
oh my God, we got, I got to do this. BuzzFeed's entire purpose is to go after Trump, go after Trump supporters, go at, just go after anybody who's not a Democrat, anybody who doesn't believe in the liberal propaganda. They go after. They smear you. See, I never heard of this Tamara Griffin. The two main people that are constantly smearing people is Ashwan Mashman. That's what I call him, Ashwan Mashman. He's an Asian kid. And Olivia Nunzio. And I know that's not how you pronounce her last name, but she's the intern who is with Anthony Weiner. And now she's a BuzzFeed reporter and frequent guest of Megan McCain's awesome, scary, talented show. Megan McCain. Night, Megan McCain. Talk about nepotism. Talk about getting a job because of who your dad is. That girl's got zero talent. Absolutely zero talent. And to listen to her talk about Ivanka or the Trump kids, the, the boys. I don't know how this is going. And they're just getting that because of their dad. They're, wow. Look at you. The only reason you exist, whether it's the radio, TV, is because of your dad, you jerk off. You've got no talent. Hi, I'm Megan McCain. How are you? <laughs> Hi. So we're going to talk. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. Fake news. This Muslim girl talking about Trump supporters ripping off her hajib is fake. And I mean, this girl was just selling it. I mean, selling it in the sense of Facebook. No matter how cultured or Americanized I am, these people don't see me as an American. That's what she put on Facebook. She made this up. She made this up. And now I know liberals don't listen to this show. Or if they do, it's, uh, you know, I I don't know. It's, I've said this before. Until we, on the right, control the media, You're going to have people that legitimately believe this crap. Rather, it's hands up, don't shoot, which was a lie. Or Muslims going, I was abused, I was mistreated, I was told to go back home, and it's a lie. 
And until we control the media, still going to be millions and millions and millions and millions of people who fall for this crap. Who believe this crap. As long as liberals... It pisses me off. Pisses me off. Because this is part of a narrative. Part of a narrative that's been created. Hate crimes. Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh my God, look at all these hate crimes. And this is a lie. This is fake news. Fake news. And no one is correcting the record. Matter of fact, I think BuzzFeed literally put a three-sentence tag at the end of the story. Like, they didn't write a brand-new story and, and investigate it and do a whole thing. It was basically, oh, yeah, guys, remember that story we, we did? Remember that? Yeah. Oh, well, um, I get, you know, uh, yeah, uh, it was it was made up. The woman was arrested for, you know, filing a false police report and obstructing government administration. So, uh, eh, okay. The, the girl was arrested. They're filing charges. They had a whole bunch of investigators. They, they had people. That were assigned to this case. Because remember, Bellasio, oh, we got to protect everybody and all this hate crime and all this. So the New York Police Department had cops, detectives. They had all these people investigating this Yasmin Seaweed's claims. He had man hours. Over who God knows they 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 probably put half the force on this. They probably got some derivative from Bellasio or, or whoever's in command. Hey man, the mayor says we got to crack down on hate crime. You got to go after this. You got to go. Okay, all right, all right. We'll get we'll get the whole team on it. And it's all BS, lies. And the correction to the fake news. The woman was arrested on December 14th for filing a false police report and obstructing government administration. Oh, that's it? That's it? During this investigation, red flags, they say, were all over the place because this girl disappeared without notice for two days. She was found at a friend's house. I guess they talked to the dad. The dad said, well, maybe she was afraid that night, and she was running late, and she didn't want to get in trouble for being late, so she made this story up. Oh, 
Poor girl. Go figure. And women wonder whether it's this. This girl could very well have said she was raped. And women wonder why the whole, you know, uh, rape culture or, you know, the college campus situations get questioned and you have no sympathy. How dare you? If a woman says she was attacked, she was attacked. You are supposed to believe her to the, what is wrong with you? You are an animal. And here's a girl who was late. She she was late. She was afraid her, her Muslim father who's probably going to beat her with some stick or something like that, would get mad at her, get angry with her. So she made up a story about being assaulted by Trump supporters. I mean, she might as well just said they gang raped her. They, they bent her over on the subway and, 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 and took her virginity, took her sacred virginity. Might, she might as well did that. Whether it's this or the Rolling Stone piece about this big gang rape with this girl and fake. And why won't these firewiremen, these, uh, I don't know, because there's a narrative that gets created where all Trump supporters are are drunken uh, white supremacists, and they, they hate Muslim. Maybe, and it's fake. It's fake. It's fake news. Fake news. Imagine, I'll tell you this. Imagine if the, the girl, this Yasmin girl, Imagine if she actually picks somebody out. I mean, how's that for for frightening? Imagine the police go and grab a couple of guys, I, wh- whoever, who happen to be in the vicinity that night. They're getting pressure to solve this case because Bellasio doesn't want any hate crimes. It's horrible and these Trump supporters, they need to be put back into their, you know, basements from where they crawled out from. Because this, 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 this thought, these thoughts, these, this language was always around, but it was buried and hidden in the deep, dark crevices of our country. But because of Trump, they've all come out now. They've been empowered. And damn it, we got to make an example of these sons of bitches. So you get a couple people that maybe were in the vicinity. The cops are trying to make a bus to appease Bellasio. Maybe they round up a couple guys. They call up Yasmin. Yeah, we have some guys we want you to come and take a look at. 
tell us if they're the ones that were harassing you? She goes down there with her Muslim father, two Muslims, standing in the room with the glass. These guys walk up. And the father's like, what is one of them there? Are they there? Which ones are there? She's like, oh, that one and that one. Those are two there. They were screaming. They ripped my head off. Thank you. You guys can go. We'll contact you later. Now the police get these two guys. And they go, what, why did you do And they're like, what are you talking about? We, we, we were on, yeah, we were on the L train at that time, but. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't harass. Her. Well, we're. We have witnessed. The woman says it's you, but it's not us. Yes. What, were you wearing a Trump hat? Well, no. I was just wearing. What are you talking about? No, I don't have a Trump hat. Well, are you a Trump support? Well, wait. A what? Where are you? I mean, come on. We we hear all the stories of all the. Uh, the the black folk that get bamboozled and railroaded into admitting crimes, right? Or the poor white, you know, southern, low educated people like uh, the the not the Netflix guy, whatever his name was, that show where the to catch a killer or whatever the hell it was, Stephen Avery. We hear about that. Him and his bro- the the nephew. We saw that video. He's got like a, a sixth grade adjective. Were you there? I was there. Yes, I was there. Why did you do it? Did you? Why did you rape her? Why did you put your penis in her? I don't. I don't know why I did it. I did. So you, why would you do that? I did. So we hear about that all the time. This very easily could have gone that way. The narrative of Trump causing all these hate crimes, a narrative of this woman, Yasmin Seaweed, saying that she was accosted on a subway by a bunch of Trump supporters. You got a mayor who's hell-bent on going after everybody that supports Trump. And you have a criminal justice system that's just wrong and unfair and it mistreats people and Police are corrupt and yada, yada, yada. This very easily could have turned in to a Stephen Avery's or a Central Park Five. This could have very easily turned into something like that. And instead, eh, nobody cares. No one in the media cares. It's like, eh, whatever. BuzzFeed does a sentence and a half retraction. Nobody's outraged. Tamara Griffin's like, eh, whatever. So what? It's a fake story. <laughs> Served the purpose. Well, it didn't. We, we didn't achieve what we wanted, which was Trump to lose. But still, hey, it is what it is. Sorry. Or actually, not sorry to the people that it affected. Sorry to the other Democrats, liberals, and media alike who were hoping this would actually do damage. We're sorry we let you down. Amazing, guys. It's amazing. Amazing. Uh, Rob Zakari, it's Rob Zakari. She'll be right back after these words. 
the U.S. elections, and Vladimir Putin himself was involved. I mean, they're just like, okay, okay, how do we keep this story alive? How do we keep pushing this narrative? Because the Jill Stein angle's gone. Jill Stein angle's gone. The popular vote angle's gone. We got to make this work. We, we, we got to push this. We got to make this work. Okay? We got to make this work. We got to make this work. Because, you know, they're trying to get the... And it's just... It's, it's like a... Oh, God. I, I, again, liberals are the ones that can't handle the results. But isn't that how it always is? And what I mean by that is isn't it always that liberals are the ones that talk about tolerance. Gotta have tolerance. You gotta have tolerance for homosexuals and transsexuals and Muslims and blacks and uh, Indians. And you gotta have tolerance for uh, different points of view, and you gotta have that. You gotta have tolerance on this. You gotta have tolerance on that. It's all about tolerance. You gotta have tolerance, tolerance. And then if you're like, you know, I kind of like that Donald Trump. What? You son of a! I hate you, you mother! Whoa! How is it that tolerance is only what you like, what you want, what you deem acceptable? So remember, before the election, and Hillary Clinton was going to wipe the map with Donald Trump. Remember? He, she was going to destroy Trump. Every poll, every pundit, every political commentator, every expert. Hillary Clinton's going to wipe the floor with Donald Trump. Oh, man. They're, they're, and uh, Donald Trump, are you, will you accept the results of the election? Well, well, let's see what happens. Oh, my God. What a scumbag. What We've never had a candidate ever. How could we ever? Uh, uh. And then when Trump brought up rigging and, and all, everybody from Obama to to Josh Ernest, it, what, there's no way anybody can hack our uh, political system. Nobody can alter the vote. There is no rigging. There is no blah, blah, blah. Donald Trump is a whiny crybaby. He's a little bitch. He's a blah, blah, blah. He's just positioning himself so he can have something to whine about for when he loses. Remember that? That was like a week. Like like a like a week. Every every pundit it was all about, well, this is just setting up Trump so he can explain his way that the American people rejected him and not rejected him in a, in a in a narrow margin, but the fact that he's on the verge of losing quite possibly every single state and an electoral landslide that's never been seen before. It's going to be embarrassing to him. It's going to be embarrassing to his brand. 
Nobody's going to want to do business with him anymore. He might as well, after this is over, go kill himself. Now? Oh, the election was hacked. Now, what happened with the election is something that Democrats and the media said could not happen. And now, all of a sudden, it happened. Now it happened. Oh, this, the, our election was hacked. How was our election hacked? The Russians hacked our uh, election. They, they, they undermined our democracy. How? By revealing a bunch of emails that said that Hillary Clinton and her campaign were in cahoots with the media? You know, I'd still be married if you never told my wife that I had six girlfriends and every night I would go out and just have sex with hookers. I mean, that's like, again, I use that comparison, but it's, it's like, I wouldn't be sitting in jail if you wouldn't have told the police that I killed that stripper. Okay, and, well, what do you mean, well? <laughs> Bro, you broke the law. You murdered someone. So I didn't break the law. I didn't murder someone until you told the police. Okay, and then what? And then they arrested me. That's what made it the law. I mean, that is what has set the media off. Because they all got implicated and got outed. The left-wing media, the left-wing media, the left-wing media, the left, we're not left-wing. That's a, that's a Republican conspiracy theory. And then we, we, reporter after reporter, news network after news network. Being in cahoots. And, and again, forget just Hillary Clinton, but just the Democrat Party. Hey, can you approve this article? Hey, can you take a look at this? Hey, we're going to do that. Hey, will you get together? What? That's not the way it's supposed to be. That's not the way it's supposed to be. So after the first article... Oh, well, uh, uh, unnamed sources, anonymous sources say that the Russians hacked our political, but yet you have the FBI going back and forth with the CIA. Oh, but nobody's disputing that Russians were hacking. Okay, fine. The Russians were hacking. The Russians. Russians. Like who, the Russian government, or just a guy named Vladimir, a guy named Rusev, who's somewhere in San Francisco. The Russians. Okay, fine, the Russians. So the Russians fished for emails. And last week, remember, we laid out the scenario, and that scenario was... So if Rubio was the nominee and Rubio won, let's just say, would we be going through the same thing? 
We'll be going through the same thing. Oh, the Russians wanted Marco Rubio to win. Or is it just because it's the Democrat or uh, the Donald Trump and not the Democrats who won? So it was Russian hacking, and then that didn't get as as good as legs as the media wanted. And then it was Russian hacking to give the win to Donald Trump. Now, that got pushed back because the FBI goes, whoa, 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 come on, guys. We didn't, we didn't come to that conclusion. Yeah, we'll agree that it was the Russians. But we're not going to say they sat there and went, we want the Donald Trump. Because when they were hacking, nobody knew who the nominee was going to be. So that got pushed back. So now NBC's like, well, okay. And guys, this is just like the polls. You know, the bullshit polls? When CNN has a poll, and they come out with their poll, and they're like, hey, look, uh, this poll. And then that becomes a story for X amount of time. That becomes a story. So NBC comes out with a poll because they want to do a story. And then their poll says something a little bit different, but that is a news cycle for a few days. And then Fox. And then ABC. So now you have the New York Times. So they do their art. Well, actually, it started with the Washington Post. So they do their article. And then people talk about it. And they go to the Washington Post. And they're like, oh, look. Oh, yeah. Russian hacking. And then the New York Times goes, oh, yeah. Well, we're going to go. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna one-up you. This article about the, the, the hacking is Russians wanted Donald Trump. Oh, oh, oh. So now NBC's got to get on it. And NBC's article is Vladimir Putin was personally involved in interfering with the U.S. presidential election. Fearing. And again, that narrative, interfering with U.S. presidential election. What's interfering? What's interfering? Somebody getting their hands on emails, and in those emails, they reveal how dirty Hillary Clinton, her campaign, and the media are. So that's interfering with the presidential election. How? See how just deceptive and how shady the media is? All of it. If somebody is interfering with a U.S. presidential election, somebody's interfering with that, it should cover an anthrax attack on election day, voter intimidation at the polls, computers having their votes switched from Hillary Clinton to Donald Trump or vice versa. That's interfering with a presidential election. Not revealing emails, 
that show Glenn Trust going back and forth with John Podesta saying, I'm a hack. I'm a hack. Don't tell anybody I'm letting you proof my story. I'm a hack. It's not interfering with the U.S. presidential election. If anything, if anything, the media, the media was interfering with the U.S. presidential election. If anything, Politico, the New York Times, the Washington Post, if anything, they were interfering with the U.S. presidential election. They were creating stories. They were creating narratives. They were in cahoots with the Democrat Party to create narratives to retain power to the Democrat Party. Not just Hillary Clinton, put her aside. To retain power to the Democrat Party, the liberal agenda. If anything, it was the media that was involved in interfering with a U.S. presidential election. The New York Times getting Trump's tax returns anonymously and printing them. Things like that. Creating polls. Creating narratives that have Trump doomed and gone. And how about NBC releasing the Billy Bush tape? What was that? If that wasn't trying to interfere in a U.S. presidential election, I don't know what was. Hmm, we're about a week away from the presidential election. Uh, Two weeks away. Okay, you know what? Let's reveal. I mean, guys, that that, that, that audio, that NBC had been around for months. Months and months and months. What about the reports uh, that had people talking about that uh, video and that audio going back to the Olympics? That people at the Olympics, Billy Bush, individuals saying, dude, we got this audio, we got this. And remember, Ted Cruz often repeats. Oh, if you think what's going on now, well, you don't understand. The media is just waiting for Donald Trump to get the nomination. And then there's going to be all this stuff that comes out. And then there's going to be... You want to talk about interfering with U.S. presidential elections? But no. 
NBC. Remember, the same people with the Billy Bush tape are putting out a story that Vladimir Putin was personally involved. He's sitting around because, you know, he's got nothing else better to do. He's sitting around. What do I want to do? Russell a bear? Maybe uh, play with a mountain lion? Or do I want to look at emails? Then I will tell them what people to go on the, the email. What, I mean, personally involved. Vladimir. Yes, come, come in, come in. We've got emails. What are the emails? Let me see the emails. Well, this email is from Glenn Trost. Oh, Glenn Trost, yes. Glenn Trost. He wear this stupid hat, right? He wear the stupid hat. Okay, I like Glenn Trost. You know what? Uh, yes, put that up. Put, call Julian Assange. My good friend Julian Assange. And you tell Julian Assange, you put the Glenn Frost email. What else do you got? Well, Vlad, we have Donna Brazil. Oh, Donna Brazil. She's the, the black lady, you know, the, 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 the black lady with the, with the hair. And then the little, the little silver streak look like a skunk. Yes, that. Uh, oh, what did she do? Well, we have her. Relaying emails with questions from debates when Hillary was going against Bernie. Said, oh, oh, I love, I love, I love that. And I loved Bernie. I loved him so much. Okay, go, go, release, go, go. Let's put that to Julian Assange too. What else do you got? Uh, okay, we have the man who is in charge of the Clinton Foundation. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He called uh, Chelsea Clinton a spoiled brat. Oh, he called a spoiled brat. Oh, this is great. This is, this is better. This is so good. Okay, okay. You give that to Julian Asatsu. What else do you got? Keep it coming. I've got the appointment later to count my billions because I'm worth $87 billion. I'm the richest man in the entire world. But okay, okay. That, so that's what Vladimir Putin was doing, according to NBC. And two senior U.S. intelligence officials. Isn't that something... That senior intelligence officials know exactly, they know exactly what is going on between Vladimir Putin, WikiLeaks, and, of course, whoever got their hands on all of these emails. The U.S. intelligence officials know everything about this election, what Vladimir Putin was doing, 
how he went through the emails to say which email goes to which news site or what wiki, whatever. But yet, these senior intelligence officials had no idea that ISIS would become what they are today. No idea! They had no idea. They had no idea about the San Bernardino killing. They had no idea about the Pulse nightclub shooting. They had no idea about Fort Hood. These U.S. intelligence officials, they had no idea about these terrorist attacks, but they know exactly what Vladimir Putin is doing. Of course, reported by the very, very reliable NBC News. Are you effing kidding me? Seriously, are you effing kidding me? This is what we have to deal with. It's frightening, man. This is frightening. This is frightening. This is what the low information voter gets. The millions and millions and millions of people out there get this information and they go, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Vladimir Putin, he was personally involved. In the hacking, he went through Donna Brazil. Oh, Donna Brazil, yeah, release that. Oh, yeah. Information voters. They are telling their friends at their local Starbucks when they get their little, you know, crafted by hand and heart, and a little thing. Oh, did you hear about Vladimir Putin? Really? What? He was personally involved with the hacking of our election. Oh, wow. What, what was going on? Like he was like, they were rigging machines. No, what he was doing was going through the emails and saying, yes, put this one up. No, don't put that one up. Really push this John Podesta email. No, now you got to put this one about Chelsea Clinton being a spoiled brat. Yes. Oh my God. Who told you this? How did this happen? NBC News. NBC News got it from very, very reliable sources. What sources? Uh, CIA officials. CIA officials at the highest level. Oh, hmm. Wow, so they know exactly what Vladimir Putin's... Yes, they do. What about ISIS? What about these terrorist attacks? Well, don't, don't, shouldn't they know about that? Oh, well, hmm. That's a little tougher. Really, that's a little tougher than knowing... Specifically, what Vladimir Putin is doing? Yeah, because, you see, uh, we have spies. Oh, we have spies. Jesus Christ. And you, and you believe this? I, of course I believe it. I got it from NBC News. I got it from Rachel Maddow. And Rachel Maddow doesn't lie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and Joy Reid. She doesn't lie. Brian Matt, Brian Williams, he doesn't lie, yeah, but he did lie, just that one time. Oh, okay. Oh. Washington Post, they don't lie, and BuzzFeed doesn't lie either, right? 
What about the, the fake Muslim beating up? What this, that was just that was a simple miscommunication. Got you. <laughs> ah. Two senior U.S. intelligence officials told NBC that Putin personally directed how hacked materials were to be leaked and used. So everything I was mimicking, I know, put in a funny context. Well, I know some of you are like, that's not funny. You're not, you don't do a good Russian accent. It sounds more like a Mexican. I get it. The only good Russian accent I know how to do is, I must break you. I am Ivan Drago. I think that's all right. That's not bad. But basically what NBC saying is what I mimicked. What do you got? What other emails do you got? Well, Vlad, we have a ton of Brazil. Oh, what else? Oh, we have the CNN lady. Which one? The Dana Bosch? I don't like Dana Bosch. No, the Gloria. Oh, Gloria! I like her. What did she do? Well, this one, Vlad. This one is her telling John Podesta that he's a TV star. TV star! He's not. He's shit. He's shit. He's... John Podesta could smell my shit. Okay, Vlad. You put that one out. Him smelling your shit? No, of him being called a TV star. That will embarrass CNN. Do you have anything on that Fanuc? Who? The Fanuc at CNN. Do you have any emails about the Fanuc at CNN? The Fanuc. What do you mean? The Fanuc! The, the, the fatty boy. Do you have anything on the fatty boy? Well, they have a couple of, of homosexual... No, the fin- Who? The one with the, the silver hair. And, you know, he, he, he plays along with the, the girl. Oh, you mean Anderson Cooper? Yes, you have any emails about him? Anything with him? I want him. I want emails with him. Uh, 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 no, we don't, we don't really have anything with him. Ah, oh, shit. I really want the emails with him. You know, I want the emails. You know, about with him and then it's a cool. I really want the emails. Because I see him, they drop the ball and it goes down and I just, I want the email. Do you have his email address? Why you want his, I just want his email address. You know, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I will, I will, maybe I will fish him. You what? You know, I, I will fish him. I, I will, I will direct, I will personally direct the you know the the hackers to fish him you want to fish him yes i want to fish him for what to get his email so i i i i email him i i fish him okay uh vlad all right okay what else do you have um you seem to be a little charged up when we are talking Stop, I just want something about Anderson. Well, we've got some stuff about Jake. Ah, fuck him. Fuck Jake Tapper. <laughs> fuck him. Okay. All right. He's a hack. He's a hack. 
All right. All right. <laughs> and then the story continues. Two U.S. intelligence officials believe Russian leader Vladimir Putin was personally involved in interfering with the U.S. presidential election. Two sources told NBC News. Two senior U.S. intelligence officers told personally directed how the hacked emails were. His motivation. They know his motivation. These U.S. officials, they know his motivation. Isn't that something? The U.S. officials, they know the motivation of Vladimir Putin, but nobody knows the motivation of the Pulse nightclub shooter. Uh, they don't know the motivation of uh, Fort Hood. They don't know. that. No, did you ever notice that? Whenever there's a terrorist attack, the motivation is unclear. It could be work-related. Uh, it could be a vendetta against uh, homosexuals. We're not quite sure the motivation. Oh, what's the motivation of Vladimir Putin? His motivation? We'll tell you his motivation. His motivation is a vendetta against Hillary Clinton. That's what it is. His motivation is creating corruption amongst U.S. political advisors and the media. and Oh, the intelligence community, they know the motivation of Vladimir Putin, which is he has a vendetta. They don't know the motivation of the Pulse nightclub shooter. Nope. They don't know the motivation of any terrorist attacks that are orchestrated and carried out on the American people. What was the motivation of the uh, Ohio stabber? Don't know. What was the motivation of the stabber at UC Merced? Don't know. How about the motivation of the guy that planted the bombs in New York City a few months ago? Don't know. They don't know the motivation of those guys, but they know the motivation as far as Vladimir Putin and the hacking of our U.S. election. And guess what that motivation is? A vendetta against Hillary Clinton. Got it. Got it. He's had a vendetta against Hillary Clinton for a long time because of what she said about his elections back in the parliamentary elections of 2011. So he wants to discredit American democracy and make us weaker in terms of leading the liberal Democrat order. And most certainly he likes President-elect Trump's views on Russia. They know all that. They know all that. But any Islamic attacks on our homeland, we don't know. Got no idea what the motivation is. Well, he had like an ISIS flight. We don't know. We don't know if he was inspired. We don't know if he was directed. We don't know if Really, there was any ties 
to radical jihad. We just don't know. You don't know. No. What about Vladimir Putin? We know. How do you know? Well, because. Okay. How's that, guys? NBC. They know. They know. Two high-ranking U.S. officials. They know. Got it. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. All I know is the media is beyond corrupt. It's frightening. I mean, literally, it's frightening. And we're going to have to deal with this for years to come, battling back and forth with really behemoth. The, the, the media is a behemoth. No matter how many websites and, and no matter how many uh, Fox News Sean Hannity's or uh, Twitter feeds, we are dwarfs going up against nine-foot giants. We really are. Now, yes, we're breaking their knees, we're hammering their legs, and we did a great job of fighting back during this presidential uh, cycle. We did. They, they didn't win. They did everything in their power, but they could not win. But make no mistake, it's David versus Goliath, and we won this time. But we can't take our foot off the gas. We can't take our foot off the gun, our hand off the gun, our hand off the knife, our hand off the sword. We beat them. We stabbed them, but we didn't kill them. Because they have risen. Okay? We shot them. We stabbed them. We knocked them out. But we didn't destroy them. They got up. And they ran away. It's like a video game. They just went and got more of the the hearts. The media ran and got more of the hearts. So they were blinking. And then they ran. And then they ate a bunch of hearts. And now they're back. And they're angry because they lost. They're angry that they weren't successful. And now they're going to do everything in their power, more than what they've done before, to bring us down, to bring Republicans down, to bring Trump down, to bring Trump supporters down. They are going to do that we've never seen before, which is what's going on now. Vladimir Putin, he's part of the hacking, all of this. Barry, when they are wrong and they are putting out fake news stories like the Muslim girl. We've only seen the tip of the iceberg. So they're back and we got to kill them again. But we got to kill them. We got to take them out. So they don't get those energy parts. And they're gone forever. 
Rob Zakari Show. We'll be right back after these words. Yes. Thanks to Lester. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military. They're important. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military. They're important. And when I'm in the jam, when I'm in the jam, I know that I can call up the man, can call up the man with the plan. When I'm on the run, when I'm on the run. Before that commercial ends, but normally I'm like running into the into the uh, studio. I'm like running with my coffee, or because we don't take that many commercial breaks. Um, but when we do, we uh, play a baked Alaska. Well, not all the time. We'll play a Baked Alaska uh, song, Build the Wall, or we'll play uh, uh, a Trump Train song. Sometimes we play one of my favorite uh, bits, which is a um, Hillary Clinton talking about hot sauce bit. That's always, always a good one. So, one of the stories that people are tripping about, 
becoming unhinged about is that Rance Priebus, Rance, I love Rance, just the name, come on, <laughs> you know, Rance, gotta love it, Rance, it's not as good as Rance, but it's, it's good, so, Rents did a little thing yesterday where he said, listen, we're going to change the way uh, the press corps uh, and seating arrangements when we do uh, press conferences in the White House. We're going to break with tradition or norms that have been set for the last 20 or 25 years. And of course, the media freaked. I mean, freaked. What? How, what are you talking about? You can't be do- this. This is, okay, oh my God, this is free speech. You're pro- now, here's the funny thing as we talk about the press. There were two articles today, or I should say one article. And one tweet. But people that wrote the article, did the tweet, are so-called reporters, so-called journalists. And they work for magazines slash internet properties that are supposed to be Nonpartisan, or at least that's what you're led to believe. Again, if these journalists or these reporters would say, I am a Democrat, I despise Republicans, I despise uh, Republican orthodoxy, I despise Donald Trump, I am not a reporter, I am a activist, I, I, I am a political reporter slash activist. So my reporting or my journalism is based on being an activist. I, I am a commentator. The organization I work for is also the same. If these people would all come out and say that, then it would be a different ball game. But they don't. They don't do that. And that's why we are where we are, which is Trump saying to XYZ, um, I'm not going to give you press credentials. Oh, my God, you're prohibiting free speech. No, write whatever article you want. Say whatever you want, but I'm not going to give you credentials so you could go in through the back door, you get a nice cushy chair, you get coffee, donuts, food, you get to ride maybe in the the airplane. I'm not going to give you comforts. I'm not going to give you preferential treatment. 
because you're part of the press. And in, then in turn, you go and write an article that says, I want to fuck my daughter. Or I am no different than Dylan Ruff. Why would I do that? Why would anybody do that? And for you to go, well, I'm part of the press. No, you're not. When you're writing articles that say Donald Trump and anybody that supports Donald Trump is the same as Dylan Ruff, or Donald Trump wants to fuck his daughter, or things of that nature, you're, you're not a journalist. You're, you're not a reporter. You're an activist, which is fine. But why should anybody, whether it's Trump or Obama, give any type of special treatment to an activist? It's like, go ahead and do what you do, but I'm not going to have you sitting next to me on an airplane and, and giving you food and, you know, giving you the, the, the good life of an independent reporter. And, and that's what the issue is really about, and I've talked about it ad nauseum for the last 16 months. That's what all of these people are pissed off about. Because Trump goes, uh, I'm taking away your credentials. So now if you want to go to my event, you got to wait in line. But that's not what we do. Well, yeah. What makes you special? I'm a reporter. I'm a reporter for BuzzFeed. And, well, I want to get the front of the line. I want to have my... Donuts. I want to, if it's raining out, I don't want to wait in the rain. Why? Because I'm a reporter. Okay. And, well, I was promised growing up that if I became a reporter, I would be popular and people would like me and I would get special treatment. Well, sorry. Guess you were lied to. Guess you were lied to, stupid. And that's where we are now. So you have this uh, Julia Lofty, okay, who now is going to work for the Atlantic. She's working for Politico, but she tweeted, again, all of these rumors come out. All of this shit comes out. And these people that are supposed to be like real reporters, they're supposed to be legitimate I'm Walter Cronkite. But they're not. They're activists. So they hear, oh, Ivanka Trump is going to be working where the first lady normally would be. And she's going to be assuming the role of the first lady, even though she's not the first lady. And, hey, isn't this weird, is it? But that's not a fact. That was a bunch of people speculating saying stuff, and then people from BuzzFeed or people from CNN or somebody from, uh, you know, uh, Daily Beast writes a story about it. But they don't know for fact what the story is. So Julia Loffey writes, either Trump is fucking his daughter or he is 
shriek, uh, shirking uh, nepotism laws, which is worse. And so people were like, wow, that was a little harsh. And Politico, because they try to put themselves out there as nonpartisan. But remember, that's a thrust worked. And he's the guy that was, you know, getting approval on articles from John Podesta. So Politico fires her, even though she's leaving to work for the Atlantic next month. So it's like, hey, we're going to do that way we could distance ourselves. And then Julia Lofi puts up the video of Trump from The View where they're talking about Ivanka. Ivanka's there. And it's The View. It's, it's a comedy show. I know now it's not a comedy show. Now it's, oh, my God, Trump is horrible. All of you women out there, close your vaginas, bad, blah, blah, blah. Republicans are evil. But it used to be a comedy show. It used to be, sure, they talked politics, but it, it wasn't what it is today. And Trump made a, a, a tongue-in-cheek joke about Ivanka and about how she's not just beautiful, but uh, smart, and, and just she is the total package as far as women go. And Trump said, perhaps if, I, uh, if she was not my daughter, I would date her. And people were like, ah, that's that. But somehow fucking her, coming on her, ejaculating in her mouth, that became the narrative. So this Julia Lofi attaches the video and goes, uh, well, look, Trump said he would perhaps date his daughter on The View back in 2006. So again, fucking his daughter was extrapolated from a reporter. So now, let me ask you, why would Trump, why would the White House, why, why would anybody, the Atlantic, serious? If the Atlantic called up and said, hi, uh, press secretary or whoever at the White House, we would like uh, uh, press credentials to sit in the front row for our reporter, Julia Lawfee, why, why would the White House grant that? Why? And don't forget, this is the same woman who wrote that article on Melania Trump. I mean, it was like this brutal article. And then a bunch of Trump supporters were, were hitting her on Twitter, calling her names, uh, the Racist, you know, I don't know, they're calling her a dirty Jew. And I, I mean, seriously, harsh stuff. But, okay. And, and people that support Melania Trump call names. Because the names were anti-Semitic means it's worth calling a cunt. 
as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't matter. Somebody calling you anti-Semitic names or calling you a, a, a dirty, scummy douchebag. Somebody calls me a, 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 a douchebag, uh, you know, scum-sucking pig fucker. To me, that's no different than calling me a dirty, guinea, ginzu bastard. Same, I mean, it's a name. They're calling you a name. So this Julia Loffey, she went on, you know, talk show after talk show. All of these people are calling names. And again, it goes back to my concept how the press sees this entitlement where they're allowed to say whatever they want. And if you respond, somehow you're trying to prohibit free speech. You're, you know, anti-American. A reporter or a journalist is allowed, in their mind, allowed to do whatever they want. And if you fight back, you're anti-American. So... Here's this Julia Loffy. She does an article on Melania Trump. It's a brutal article. People who support Melania take offense. They call her names. The most heinous names there is. And then Julia Loffy's like, I can't believe these people. What's wrong with these people? But you just attacked someone they like. So I'm a journalist. Okay, and? what? When did... Again, when was this law that a journalist can do and say whatever they want and no one is allowed to respond? I told you guys, it, Trump broke, uh, he, he broke the, 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 that ceiling. Talk about the glass ceiling. He broke this glass ceiling because all these reporters, when you hear them talk, were under attack. No, for the first time, somebody's fighting back because you've all had this free pass to write and say whatever you want about anybody. Because you were all shit on in high school. You were just the losers in high school. This is your way to flex power. Because in high school, you were losers. You, you ate your boogers and sniffed your farts. You are ostracized from any of the cool things. And this is your way to get back. So why would the White House, why would anybody invite the Atlantic to anything? That's not prohibiting free speech. If the President of the United States said to the Atlantic, uh, we're shutting you down because we don't like what you say, and we're putting you in jail. That's prohibited free speech. To say to the Atlantic, your reporters are nasty. You're nasty. Your entire agenda is to not just call into question policies and say, oh, well, that, po-, but to attack family members, to, 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 to be vile and so, in turn, we're not going to give you anything. I mean, if, if I hit up the White House and said, Hi, I'm Rob Zakari from the Rob Zakari Show. I want press credentials. 
Should I be granted press credentials? Should I be granted a front row in the press room? You're going to say, no. Okay, so why is the Atlantic and Julia Loffy different? See, see what I mean? Nobody would say, oh, the White House and Donald Trump is prohibiting free speech and free press by not giving Rob Zakari press credentials. Why? I'm the press. I have a radio show. I do a blog. Why? Why am I different? Why, why am I different? If Andrew Dice Clay, if Andrew Dice Clay said, hey, yo, I want press credentials so I could sit in the front row because I've got a new press site. It's called Andrew Dice Clay and the Nursery Rhymes of the White House. Oh, so should he be given press credentials? And if the White House says, uh, no, bro, we're not giving you a, a seat in the front row in the press room. Oh, you're prohibiting free speech and free press. Oh, Mother Mother Mary Mary, quite contrary. Trim Melania pussies. It's so hairy. What, really? Exactly. Nobody would say boo. But all of a sudden, the Atlantic is this bastion of, you know, a journalistic integrity. Get out of here. And the same thing with Slate, which happens to be owned by the same group that owns Washington Post. But this writer, Jamil Bowie, okay, who's the chief political correspondent, wrote an article today where he had Donald Trump's face side-by-side with Dylan Ruff's face, two pictures. And it says, Donald Trump and Dylan Ruff. Brothers in White Resentment. And you read the article, and it's all about Dylan Ruff and his views and the things that he says and what he's about is exactly what Donald Trump says, what he's about. And in turn, Donald Trump's supporters, and anybody that voted for him are the same as Dylan Ruff, a guy who walked in to a church and shot nine black people called blood. Floored. Imagine, and and, and you guys got to understand something. When you hear kooky, crazy stuff on a website or a, uh, you know, newspaper, it's always a very fringy style website. Meaning, President Obama likes to fuck his daughter. First off, uh, there would be outrage. If that was implied, if that was said, if that was reported on, it'd be outrage. Now, if somebody goes, yeah, but people say uh, stuff similar 
Obama's a secret Muslim. Okay, let's let's play with that. This stuff that you're talking about is not on NBC. It's it's not in the New York Times. When you hear some of this real extreme language against Hillary or Obama, it's fake news sites. It's fake news. It's stuff that gets pushed out there and tries to dupe low-information voters who happen to be online or happen to be, you know, on their Facebook news. This stuff by Jameel Bowie, this stuff is on mainstream, not fringe sites, but mainstream websites. Stuff by Julia Lofi is on mainstream websites. This stuff that these people write and say are in the New York Times, in the Washington Post, and they're covered on CNN. Hey, this stuff is amazing. Amazing. It's not on some fringe site. It's not on some site where someone goes, oh, that's Alex Jones. He's a conspiracy crazy. He... This is on the Washington Post-owned site. The corporation that owns the Washington Post owns Slate. And they're putting out articles that say Donald Trump is the same as Dylan Ruff. That's amazing. I mean, that's amazing. And anybody that supports Donald Trump is no different than Dylan Ruff. This is mainstream. This isn't the, the, the gateway pundit or whatever conservative site, the prison planet. I mean, this is Washington Post. These people appear on MSNBC. Sorry to inform anybody, but none of these fringe sites that do the fake news are appearing on any mainstream news broadcast. They're not. They're, they're, They're not. Not even half the time conservative Fox News. They don't even do it. They don't even put people on these websites. They don't put them on. And again, Slate.com will be the first ones to go... Yeah, hi, we'd like some press credentials. We'd like a seat in the front row for our uh, chief political correspondent, uh, Jameel Bowie. Uh, Let me, okay, wait a minute. So you mean you, Slate, want a seat in the front row 
in the White House press briefing room uh-huh, uh-huh. for reporter journalist Jameel Bowie. Uh-huh, uh-huh. The same Jameel Bowie, the same slate that did an article that said, in an essence, me, who you're talking to, the press secretary or press secretary assistant, uh, is no different than Dylan Ruff, that we want to kill black people. That's what you're saying. You, you, you want me to give you a front row seat in the White House press room. Yeah, yeah, that's what we want. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, okay. Go get fucked. Oh, my God, you're prohibiting free press and free... No, 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 sorry. That, that's not the case. You want to write your bullshit articles? Go ahead. When an event is going on, turn on the fucking TV, sit there with your little fucking keyboard, and write an article about what you just saw on TV. But you're not going to sit in the front row. We're we're, we're not going to make life cushy. We're not going to give you a front row fucking seat so you could do what? Write an article how I look like Hitler youth standing on stage answering questions and you could smell burning Jew flesh from every time I open my mouth. What are you out of your fucking mind? The fuck out of here. No, you're prohibiting free speech. No, you're prohibiting freedom of press. No. No, 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 no. If we arrested you and put you in prison, that's prohibiting free press and free speech. But that's not what we're doing. We're just not giving you a front row seat. Sorry. Not giving you a front row seat. I mean, Jesus Christ. You got to check this article out in Slate. This Jameel Boo. And again, you know, you wonder, and, and it's people like Jameel Bowie and, and the Slates of the world, the Washington Post of the world. And, and, and here's what's real scary. Again, you should be alarmed, especially going forward. What Obama and the liberals created. In this past eight years, is a narrative, is a position, which is if you don't agree with what we're saying, you're a racist. And once somebody calls you a racist, once somebody goes down that path, there is no discussion. Seriously, there, there is no, that shuts a discussion down. The minute somebody goes down that path, there is no way to come back. So here's Jamel Bowie writing an article saying Donald Trump and his supporters and anybody that's part of Donald Trump and his supporters 
are no different than Dylan Ruff. And here's the reasons. Never, ever, would that have been the case eight years ago. Pre-Obama, that would never have been the case. Somebody disagrees with, the, with somebody, and the default position is, well, you're a racist. You're a racist. Now we're going to play six degrees of racist separation. Now we're going to say, okay, Dylan Ruff in his manifesto talked about Mexicans. Donald Trump has talked about Mexicans. See, Trump's language and Dylan Ruff's language mirror each other. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. It's fascinating, because at the end of the day, no one is allowed to blanket Muslims as it pertains to terrorists. And the minute you blanket Muslims and say, well, all Muslims, all people who believe in Islam, you get attacked. I mean, you get attacked like nobody's business. But yet, as it pertains to Trump supporters, everybody's a racist. As it pertains to any policy that liberals champion. You are an Islamophobic, a homophobic, uh, a transphobic, fatphobic, dwarfphobic. Everything phobic without it being phobic or racist. You legitimately can't have a position that says, I don't believe government should, uh, you know, intervene in, in these situations, and I believe this, or uh, I believe in that. I, I... To write an article, opinion piece. You know what I'm saying? These magazines, okay, these magazines, these websites, they're not News sites. They're, they're not journalists. They're, they're entertainers. And you're not going to give an entertainer any special treatment as it pertains to the White House or access on the Hill or, or anything like that. Jamil Bowie says he's a chief political correspondent. But he's not. He, he's an entertainer. He's a political entertainer. That's it. All he is. He's a political entertainer. And we got to start calling these people out. 
got to start calling these people out. Think about this. Would the left be outraged if Sean Hannity got to sit in the front row of a uh, press room? Would, would, would the left be outraged if Sean Hannity uh, and uh, Alex Jones sat in the front row? People would say they're not press. They're talk they're conservative talk shows. Rush Limbaugh, he got to sit in the front. They would say talk show hosts. They're entertainers. They're not journalists. They're not reporters. What? Right? So what the hell makes Jamel Bowie any different? What makes Julie Laffey any different? What makes any of these people write these jotting K-Park? What makes it any different? In a mill bank. What makes him different? They're not reporters or journalists in the sense of here's news, here's what we're reporting to entertain certain audience. They're political comedians. That's all. They're not reporters. They are, I don't know what you would, you, you would classify it. But that's what they are. David, or Jamil Bowie is not some type of reporter. Hi, I'd like to know, uh, what are your assessments of places uh, going for? Okay. You're writing an article. That compares Trump and Dylan Ruff. Trump supporters and Dylan Ruff. It's not a reporter. Stand up on stage with a microphone and talk to a group of liberals and would captivate them with what you wrote. I mean, if you take what Bill Musk says on a show and put it in written form would not classify Bill Maher journalist and in turn give him press credentials to sit in the front row of a press briefing room? Of course not. And that's all Julia Loffy and Jamal Bowie and Jonathan Kepar and Ashwan Maiman And Olivia Nunzio from on stage. But they're close. You can find Jonathan Kapar on a Chris Matthews show or Lawrence O'Donnell's show on a regular basis. You can find Megan McCain's radio program and listen to Olivia Nunzio. So these people aren't reporters. They're not part of the press. They're Political comedians, political satirists, like they are some type of news organization. And to say to them, fuck off, 
is you shutting down free press because that's not the case. Nobody would say boo if somebody told Andrew Dice Clay to fuck off or Bill Marta, fuck off. When Obama didn't give Bill Maher an interview until his little farewell tour, nobody was saying year after year would request interviews with Obama, ask Obama to come on my show. Nobody said, oh, Obama's prohibiting free press. Nobody said that. People don't look at Bill Maher as press. No different than somebody should not be looking at Slate and Jimmy Bowie at Free Press. Or Julie Loffy at The Atlantic. They are not Free Press. They are not reporters. Don't forget that. Rob Zakari, it's Rob Zakari Show. We had run, my friends. It's a great show. Hope you guys enjoyed everything. It's 9 0 well, it's 9.10 right now. Our uh, time has ended. Got a bunch of stuff to do. But we'll be back tomorrow, same time, same place. And I think we're going to do Facebook Live tomorrow. I really do. I think tomorrow's going to be Facebook Live. So look for that. And I hope you guys are excited. Facebook Live tomorrow. It's Rob Scary. It's Rob Scary. Don't forget Find us on Twitter. Find us on Facebook. Find us at all those good places. You guys are the best. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.